0: Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to our sixth episode in our series on psychotherapy from the grassroots level. Um, Before we get into it this week, um, one of the questions that was asked by a listener during the week was, does physical abuse as a child have the same behaviour or impact in adulthood as somebody who had been, um, we'll say, emotionally or psychologically abused? Now I can only answer this by explaining more about the two types of abuse in their own right. And so last week we did look at um, emotional and psychological abuse, and how that can leave our behavior and reactions in our adult life needing work or some sort of process. Well, in a way, physical abuse has exactly the same, and can have exactly the same behavior As individuals, however, we can behave differently. A person who has been emotionally or psychologically abused can in adult life not have an intimate relationship. But then again, so can somebody who has been physically abused. So simply put, they can have similar outcomes, but not always from the either-or. It's not as plain as that. So let me explain a little first about physical abuse. Now, today we seem to know a lot more about sexual abuse than we do around physical abuse. Which in fact is more common than sexual abuse. However, in sexual abuse it is more likely to be a female victim. But not always. How we discover this is because of the reporting it is usually women who report sexual abuse and I know that not all women report sexual abuse but in general it is females so we don't men are not as forthcoming with reporting and therefore it always seems like it's always women it's not there are men who've been sexually abused so it's never either or men will have various reasons for not reporting but it can be equal in their abuse. It will always be on people who are in a vulnerable stage of their life. So basically that's any age up to 18 years of age. Now I know we can be vulnerable after 18, but we're talking about um, our behavior as adults from being abused as children. So I'm taking it from that, that sense. Now, it's usually between the ages of three and four up to teenage years. However, in the last few years, physical abuse of the ages of zero to three age group has actually been more widespread. And this has been due in a lot of cases because parents or guardians are more stressed. They're unable to cope with a young infant especially if that infant is crying and having maybe a disability that the parents have no control over. It may be challenging for them. Now, sibling abuse is one of the most common forms of physical abuse in families. Second, obviously, being parent or guardian. However, both siblings and parental abuse can be just as severe and have many of the same outcomes quite frequently we see sibling abuse as normal well it happens so often and quite often there is a severity to the abuse and there may be also neglect from parents or guardians at the same time so what is the definition of physical abuse according to um one child international group Um, It has been described as non-accidental infliction of physical injury to a child or minor. And this is characterized by bruises, lesions, fractures that result from hitting uh, with a hard stick or strap or any other type of object. Punching, shaking, kicking, beating, choking, burning, which would be with open flame or a hot object. Boiling water or cigarettes throwing, stabbing, or otherwise harming a child. Of course you also have the other forms of physical abuse such as Munchausen's by proxy syndrome or MPS or shaking baby syndrome and even substance abuse during pregnancy. These are just a few of the ways it happens. Now what are the indications of physical abuse? Somebody noticing as an adult so, it would be a history of unexplained falls, unexplained bruising in well protected areas of the body, bruising in different stages of healing, or burns in unusual places in the body, untreated medical problems, or continued hospitalization for, you know, bangs or falls or broken limbs. And these are only a few. So, what effect? does this have on us as, uh, when we become adults, if it's untreated or processed? The consequences can vary considerably. For some adults, the effects of child physical abuse can be chronic and debilitating. Other adults may have less adverse outcomes. It comes down to each individual and how they process their past. If we have learned to put up certain boundaries or walls as young children, we tend to build the wall higher and higher as we grow. These walls tend not just to protect us from the negative emotional effect of the abuse, but it can and does stop us processing that abuse clearly and productively as we grow into our adult lives of course this in turn stops us from experiencing the truly and deeply positive experiences of our life in other words when we build these internal walls we behave from one side of it and don't let anything or anyone climb that wall into our side and therefore shut everything and everyone out and this in itself stops us from forming true soul intimate close relationships. Why? Because we are always on the lookout, especially as we as we're growing up, for I suppose indications that we would get hurt again. So fear plays a big part. So we're always hyper alert and when we are hyper alert we can miss the positive because we're only looking for the negative around us. Now I have to point out here that with physical abuse comes, usually but not always, a form of emotional and psychological abuse. Although physical abuse normally tends to be accompanied with emotional and psychological abuse, the reverse is not the case. So emotional and psychological abuse may not be and usually isn't accompanied by physical abuse. Now, some of the long-term behaviours that we can have, especially in our adult life, are a sense of rage or anger that seems to be triggered by small issues in the present. I take, for example, um, like somebody cutting you off in traffic and you lose the plot and you get so angry and you get into a rage. Why? All they've done is go ahead of you in a car. So if you stopped and processed it, you might find that it's just another person getting at you and you can't let that happen. Can you? So you get angry. Or you may find yourself flinching around people when they gesture suddenly with their hands or with their body. And then you make an excuse as to why you jumped three feet in the air. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. Or, oh, I went off in my head again somewhere. Maybe if it was processed, you may be afraid because the raising of a hand triggered your body into a memory of being beaten or hit. Or you may meet somebody who is really overpowering and you behave like you did as a child, either by becoming quiet and so into yourself while still holding a civil conversation. Or you rebel and are very vocal about that person in a negative way to anyone who will listen. So learning to process is very important. And it's very important to discover why we behave or react in a way that is out of proportion with the situation we find ourselves in. Now, adults who have child abuse can often suffer from eating disorders. Why? When we process it, we might discover that we feel it was and is the only way that we can have control and especially control over our own life often we try to numb um, or disassociate with the memories and our emotions due to the abuse with alcohol or drugs and again if it's processed then we might discover that we feel stronger when we take alcohol or drugs have you heard people say i could give it up meaning the alcohol or the drugs. I could give that up tomorrow, it wouldn't bother me. And yet they don't. Why? Because the fear is greater? Possibly. Other areas are violence and criminal behaviour, or high risk behaviour. So basically, what have we not been taught as children during the abuse? We have not been taught affirmation and security. Or how to love and be loved how to self-care or have self-esteem or worth our identity who are we we weren't taught how to hold healthy barriers or boundaries and we certainly weren't told how to be or thought how to be honest with ourselves or to know who we are or even how to respect others so did my parents or guardian demand my attention or make jokes about me that embarrassed me or humiliated me in public or with friends? Were they overcritical of me and what I did? Did they justify their own bad behavior? Did they allow me to find my own emotional expression? Or did they use guilt Or money to control me? Did they give me silent treatment when I went against their wishes or ignore any healthy boundaries? Think about these and process them within your own journey. So now that we've covered um, emotional abuse and physical abuse and here I must add I have only given you a basic understanding of these. They are more complicated because of each of them being understood as only being part of an individual's journey. It would take months to dissect each one and I would still not have given you the depth of it. Having said that, I am a true believer in that all our feelings stem from seven basic emotions. And these are anger, fear, disgust, happiness, sadness, surprise, and contempt. So what makes us emotional beings? A physical event, a social interaction. Remembering or imagining an event, past or present. Talking about or or physically reenacting a past experience of course, this will vary from person to person. Because even if we shared the same experience, we may have different reactions to it and different perceptions to it. If we take the car cutting me off example, I could react like a raving lunatic and somebody about to explode. Or I could just say, off with you, go at least, you, you didn't hit my car. I could even wave at them with a smile because maybe their day is worse than mine. How do you react when that happens? If you are a driver, notice your own reaction when that happens. How quickly are you to react in a negative? Or if you're out shopping and somebody gets in line before you, what's your reaction? Process it but don't judge your process. So, let's take a look at some of these emotions. What are emotions? Well, according to some dude called Paul something or other, which I might say I agree, they are a process, a particular kind of automatic appraisal influenced by our personal past in which we sense something important our welfare is happening and a set of psychological changes and emotional behaviors begin to deal with that said situation so what does that actually mean well emotions are there to help us deal with important events or experiences without having us to consciously think about them they just happen no matter who we are where we come from what language we speak or what colour we are. We all have the same basic emotions that I mentioned earlier. They each have distinctive signals and timelines, yet they vary in um, when they begin and when they stop. Now, although they're the agreed seven basic emotions, with each of those emotions, there are numerous feelings, which I will go into in greater detail on the next podcast. So back to what makes us emotional. Well, our emotions happen in response to some kind of trigger, whether that be actual, imagined or relived. So we'll say, for example, uh, an actual one would be responding to a wedding or social interaction, Uh, something physical, something that's actually happening. Or an imagined one would be a memory of a past event, like remembering playing or riding a horse on an uncle's farm and how that brings out the feelings or a relived one is if we talk about it or reenact it a past experience like an old battle that you were in say from the Second World War so what makes my emotions and your emotions different to anybody else's emotions difference is our perception and through that individual perception Our behavior or reaction or response. So although we can't choose what emotion that will surface at any given time, we can and we have a choice and we have the responsibility in how we respond, behave or react. So we need to be more emotionally aware in ourselves. Say what? Yes, emotionally aware so that we can have a choice in how we respond but first we have to be aware of our behaviors reactions and responses we have right now and how they are triggered by having and looking at these we have more control on how we might change our response or our reaction or our behavior so i'm going to leave it there for this week and the reason i'm leaving it there for this week Is because I would like to go into each individual emotion and explain it Um, because I think a lot of time we don't actually know what an emotion is or the difference between an emotion and a feeling. The other reason is because I'm having a problem with my microphone Um, so the volume may be slightly down uh, on this week so I would ask you to bear with me. It is a shorter podcast than usual, but next week I promise to make it better, when I will go into more detail on each of the basic emotions. Stay well and stay safe. Namaste.